0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Dawning review, my full review of the event we experienced at this entire time. And now I wanted to kind of give my thoughts at the very, very end. We're literally an hour away from the final reset that will basically take the Dawning away. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at rage.com That'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. And when you watch on YouTube, hitting like and share, subscribe, and the little bell button, that helps me out as well so let's jump right into the talk here i want to talk about the good the bad and then ways to improve you know dylan went to twitter and he was like what's everybody what's everybody's favorite thing so i definitely want to highlight some of the things that i i did like um i did like some of the things they did this time around i thought they made some good choices uh, but I also want to talk about things that they did that, you know, would have been, you know, maybe better if they did a different way. So we are going to talk about the bad. And then the end, ways to improve. I like that they're regularly doing events like this. The whole tower gets taken over. And then we kind of have a theme going on for, you know, a couple of weeks. And I, I think it's fun. And it just kind of gives you a, a little extra something to do each week. Or you can just completely ignore it. So the good. Obviously, I think everybody's going to basically put this at the top of their list the double XP on the bounties and the bright dust was really really great if you did it I know people are getting a little fatigued with bounties I actually like how much how many bounties are in the game we were really missing that in D2, there wasn't a good bounty grind, and now there is. Maybe we're leaning a little bit too heavily on that, but by and large, I thought the double XP and the Bright Dust was a really, really nice touch. It added to the front-heavy nature of the season. It did make it feel a little front-heavy. You did level up a little bit faster than you probably would have otherwise, which did lead to some of the conversations I think that we had about hardcores feeling like they were bored and didn't really have anything to do. I I feel that kind of led to some of the front-heavy nature, but by and large, I think that made the event really Really good. It was one of the positives about it. The new gun looked cool, and it had really good potential roles I didn't really particularly go too strong for it. Uh, we will talk about that in a moment about how they could maybe think differently about, you know, having a gun for the event. But I did thought that the, the gun looked cool, and then they had the ornament for it if you wanted to buy it. It rotated down to bright dust pretty quickly. Uh, another good thing about the event, they only had one item that was silver only and it was a finisher. I think that was another good decision from Bungie to say, hey, you know, th- we're not going to make it a bunch of like buy-only things. You can earn them and they gave you an increase in your Bright Dust earn rate. Now, I know people would say but the armor was super expensive. I still don't know if an event like this is going to be structured in a way where you can literally earn every single item just by playing. They do, I, I think for free events, they're going to have to have some semblance of, if you want literally everything you want to spend some money but overall I like the idea that they said look there's only one item that is silver only and it was a finisher and they let us know that ahead of time if you really wanted an armor set you kind of had to pick your favorite one I actually don't think that's that big of a deal for three characters to be able to get every single set um, just by playing I don't know I also preferred this over the RNG way that these events used to go you had to rely on the RNG engrams and obviously if you played enough you know, luck would eventually land in your favor but if you were playing more moderately this time you could choose to buy the actual things that you like the most or choose to buy literally nothing save the extra bright dust for something that maybe looks a little bit cooler like some of the ornaments you know like the one for the, the doomfang pauldrons which I believe next week will be available for dry, bright dust on the twenty first i thought the sparrow was dope uh and targeting items was was i think a better way of doing it instead of relying on rng now let's talk about the bad the event certainly wasn't perfect and they could certainly afford to consider other things as opposed to just kind of leaving it as it is they didn't do a ton of changes from this one to the last one other than the bright dust change and the double xp as far as the event structure goes there could be some uh some differences. There was zero intentionality with respect to getting the new SMG or the Avalanche if you really wanted a good roll. I don't know if that's the right call. I definitely thought they, when they added the gun to the Fessel of the Lost, they gave you a more directional line to that if you wanted to keep going for a good roll. The mistake they made that time was there weren't any roles worth pursuing on that auto rifle. The the curated role they gave you right away was better than basically any role you could get, save maybe one. But by and large it was a PVP role that you could go for on that auto rifle and most people aren't really running auto rifles in the Crucible right now. So if you wanted to get a great role on the avalanche or the SMG, I would maybe encourage Bungie just to give her frames and you can buy those frames with maybe the essence. So you have kind of a torn feeling there. You can get the double XP and the bright dust by using the essence, or you could use the essence to buy frames and farm for a gun roll. I think some people would have probably preferred to farm for a gun roll and been like, I don't really need the XP or the bright dust, or I'm going to kind of do both. I think that would have maybe added a little bit of variety from the player's you know, decision making and intentionality to decide that oh I'm going to target the Avalanche this week and then the SMG this week and then the final week I'm just going to go crazy for XP it would have maybe spiced it up a little bit load times for cookie delivery I think is a little is a little bit much especially for the console players that probably doesn't land all that well for them it's a really great grind on the repeatables to get like the XP uh, and the bright dust because they're repeatables you get that nice bright dust and they're really really easy to do, you do a bunch of strikes get a bunch of essence and then you can kind of go on a cookie baking spree, I just would delete them and stay in the tower somebody gave me that idea in chat and I was like why am I going to all the planets? What a waste of time. I play on PC. My game's installed on an SSD drive. So, I mean, I, my load times are way faster and I still got sick of that. So, I would consider maybe not doing it quite that way or maybe we could, like, deliver them or something instead of just doing what most of us... I think most of us that are Destiny rich would do is just delete any any bounty that, that wasn't in in the uh, in the tower. Uh, not having an activity makes it feel a bit thin and I think that sort of added to the feeling of like bounty focus that some people aren't too thrilled about right now. There was no activity, so it was essentially a bounty grind, and I think that didn't help the sentimentality currently in the community that like all there is to do is bounties. So an activity would have been nice. I understand it's a free event. We can't ask too much of it, but I do think there's a couple of things they could do. So let's end by saying ways to improve. I think frames for the weapons would add a nice would add a nice layer there. And I know I I already said that idea. And I know people are going to tend to say I'm sick of weapon frames. I don't care. That's that's all we're doing is weapon frames. I still think weapon frames are going to become a more standard way for a vendor to appear in this game. I didn't like buying god rolls in the tower post rise of iron when they were like rotating the rotating the rolls. I didn't think that was very good. I think frames for weapons kind of continues that feeling of it's a vendor with guns available but it it still brings the grind and the loot pursuit that I believe is part and parcel to the Destiny experience. So I actually think frames do belong at vendors. I think it is sort of a an identity expansion and evolution of what a vendor can be like in Destiny as opposed to just like buying a god roll or waiting for the god roll to show up in the tower. I think they could use the E-A-Z for an activity. It's Christmas and you're on rooftops and you could put snow everywhere. Feels like an easy win for me. You could put Christmas lights all over the buildings and make it seem like a little Christmas town. Put a big Christmas tree in the center. Uh, I think that that would have been an easy, easy win. The EAZ is a nice little area. The activity is kind of already built. There's already kind of a mechanic there. And that could have been maybe a grind for something with respect to the weapons dropping. If you're tired of frames, maybe the EAZ event. If they use the EAZ event, they could have done something where that's where you go for the weapons. I do miss the snowballs and strikes. I know people think that that's chintzy and stupid. I thought it was fun. It made strikes feel different. That kind of sparked the idea in me that, like, strikes could have swords or scorch cannons or SIVA charges. That could be a fun modifier week to week to make strikes feel very, very different. Like, you can't pick the sword up for a while. Same way with the snowballs. It would kind of debuff you and you couldn't pick it up for a while. I kind of do miss the snowballs in the... Uh, in, in the strikes. I thought that was fun. They're in the tower, but they're not in the strikes anymore. Uh, letting us send the cookies to the destinations might be good. A little cookie station uh, just to kind of ease up on the load time. I wonder if during the dawning, that's why instancing into the tower and some of the planets can be a little wonky because so many people are basically just doing that. They're instancing and leaving and instancing and leaving because you're basically having people instance into a place, deliver a cookie and leave. And I, I just, I don't know if that's the best method of experience for people to feel like, yay, it's the dawning and I'm constantly flying to and from planets, especially those that are on console. They could also consider flipping the dailies and the repeatables. So maybe the dailies are the cookies. And so like, you're like, I don't really want to do Riven or I don't really want to do this, but that's fine. You do it and then you're done. They could then lower the weekly requirements on the the baking because it would just be dailies. And then the repeatables could have been more random objectives. So again, you didn't feel like, well, the only real way to grind this activity or this or this thing, you know, efficiently is to just constantly grab repeatables and deliver and deliver cookies all across the galaxy. So they could flip and make the cookies daily and the and the repeatables random. Uh, I would say leave the double XP, leave the bright dust, leave the bounties, but just maybe some, you know, make some tweaks to having an activity and having some intentionality with respect to the weapon grind. Overall, I think it's a fine event because it's free and it does its job, but they could do, I think a little bit more to make it feel like a more well-rounded event. We're going to transition to Q and A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at say no rage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about the Dawning Review, my full review of the event. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at Uh, and that'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe, hit the bell button, all those dope things that really helps me out. We're going to try to have this question answer be a little bit shorter so we can check all the stuff at reset. Uh, like the Ever, Eververse, the Strike Modifiers, all of that. So, first question from Mr. Storm says, What do you think the best thing has happened since Dawning Event has been out? I I mean, I, I sit at the front end of it, and I think a lot of people generally ad- agree that the double XP and the Bright Dust was kind of the main, the main value point of the Dawning. And that's why I said, I think they could do more. I think they could say, you know what, let's do Intentional Grind for the weapons. Let's do something with the EAZ cuz that's not bad but 3 weeks of that i think is i i i think the dawning played a part in people being really dissatisfied legend sundial and the and the devil's ruin quest were both were both very thin i think that was magnified by the fact that for the last couple of weeks nobody was really doing the hardcore players especially the more vocal and the more committed they were just basically doing dawning uh, bounties to try to level up everything so um, I mean, I'm one of those people, I was trying to make sure that I hit the 92 for the extra perk on weapons before legend got here. Cause I thought maybe legend will have extra rewards, extra drops, extra, whatever. And it, uh, it didn't. And so I still think people would have been disappointed by devil's ruin and, and, and the lack of like a loot incentive in legend sundial. But I think, I think the dawning played a part in that narrative because it was basically a bounty grind for like three weeks. Man of coal. What are you hoping to see remain the same for next season? What about anything different? I mean that was in the talk. I talked about frames for the weapons, intentionality there, and an activity on the EAZ I think would be a better thing. Obviously, we can't ask for too much on a free event, but I think they could I think they could level the event up a little bit. Melodic Gamer. I love the double XP from the bounties for dawning. Uh, However, I think the lack of activity with the event would have been nice it's only a free event that doesn't have an activity with it do you think that they could have made an activity yeah i mean we're now we're kind of repeating ourselves that's fine this was probably submitted before i got to that point in the video but yes as we just said i love the eaz for this event it would have been good we're on rooftops you know it would feel very santa claus esque and uh you know your christmas lights and snow everywhere and a big tree in the center i think they could have really made the eaz the centerpiece of the event Mango with the juice. Do you think it would be a good idea to allow exotic armor to generally use seasonal mods? I could see it being fun for making builds and stronger if they had some quality of life changes to armor 2.0. Um, exotics using the seasonal mods. It People seem to have zeroed in on this a little bit more than I think I anticipated. I don't pay that much attention to the seasonal mods, um, but I do think... I do think that there could afford to be a little bit of consideration there. Do I think the seasonal mods need to be on exotics? Not necessarily. Am I concerned about the fact that like season to season you're kind of you're kind of putting armor in a lane in a silo like well this armor can run nightmare hunts and garden of salvation mods okay and then this armor can run the the seasonal mods from this season and then how many times are they going to do that before it kind of stops working because to a certain extent do you really need a lot of those mods not necessarily. Second, do I want to have that many armor sets? I don't think I don't think most people would. So I don't know what the answer is. I said when they dropped armor 2.0 and they dropped Shadow Keep and they delivered all that content. I said one of my primary concerns was not can Bungie make a cool loot incentive and a cool loot pursuit and a grind. The question is, can they scale it? season to season, am I going to care about these things? Am I going to want you know want to chase more armor sets, new armor sets, new guns? It's a challenge. I've always said they have to kind of straddle a line. They have to straddle a line. Do they disrespect everything you worked on last season by invalidating that armor? Well, they don't want to do that. Okay. If they swing too hard in that direction, and they don't do anything to motivate you to leave any of that armor behind, then all the new armor just seems kind of pointless. Why do I care about your new armor sets? Why do I care about the armor that drops in that activity or whatever? I don't I don't. I have great sets from the past. So they have to incentivize you to chase the new while also respecting what you already grinded for. It's not necess- it's not the best um, position to be in. Again, they're kind of torn. They're kind of in the middle of two things they're trying to maintain. So I w- I would say that they're doing a pretty good job, but again, my concern is season to season. How many times can you get away with this where, oh, I need I need spring season armor to run, blah, 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 and I can't run that, you know? I, I saw people on last night of the Rages Roundtable in the chat, like, zeroing in on this. Like, I I don't like that I can't do stuff with the seasonal mod slot. I don't like, you know, I saw people kind of zeroing in on that, and I was like, man, I, I I'm not really even giving it a thought, which is probably a sign that it doesn't matter. I, not that it's not powerful, but it just doesn't seem like a strong enough driver and because okay so that's that's from season of the undying that's from season of the undying and this is from season of the undying like everything's from season of the undying i have the ornament on there for saint 14 but like i don't you know what i'm saying i don't have i don't have it's just i think one of the one of the downfalls right now with armor is no intentional grind to get it and not a strong enough reason to, to to want it there's no intentional grind to really go for god rolls or the right rolls or whatever you're looking for. There's no intentional grind. So a lot of people don't pay any attention to it. If you did pay attention to it and you really pushed hard to get great armor, the new mod system doesn't seem necessary. I don't I don't need charge with light. It doesn't seem like there's any content where that's like a requirement. You could have encounters where you get like a damage buff against majors, mini bosses and bosses if you have charge with light and then suddenly people realize that like that that is important, but presently there's no end game aspirational content where I, I care about any of those things. Um, and someone in chat is saying charge with light takes too much energy. So that too, like you're going to have to sacrifice. I'm going to have to disrupt my entire loadout for charge with light, and when I looked at the charge with light benefits, I was like, it'd probably be better just to get more ammo on the ground and carry more ammo, like that seems to be more helpful than every once in a while getting some marginal benefit from charge with light. The benefits didn't seem to be very strong and the pursuit of getting there doesn't seem very uh, very sensible. Ghost, uh, Ghost Wolf. Is there a reason Bungie didn't sell the donning gear in individual pieces? Personally, all I wanted was the Titan helmet, but I had to use six thousand bright dust, which I understand is out of pocket currency. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they didn't they didn't rotate it down here. They had a lot of items that rotated down here. Maybe there wasn't room to rotate the armor down. I would say they could have made room. They could have had one with like one more slot here. But I mean, they were rotating a lot of stuff down here. Like this is all, I'm fairly certain this is all new stuff. Like everything here is new. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. It might've been harder. Maybe there was just too much quantitatively for them to rotate that down in. That doesn't sound like a valid excuse though. To me, it's like, yeah, you guys probably could have rolled those down. There were a couple pieces. There were a couple pieces that I I probably would have gotten, you know, there was a couple helmets, um, that I probably would have snagged, but I didn't want the full set. Like you're saying, I didn't want to dump almost all of my bright dust into an entire set. I thought it was free the weapon acquisition methods are the best they've ever been in my opinion do you think the story aka forsaken is the missing element well i i don't know if we could say the missing element cuz story never really keeps people around do you know what i'm saying like i forsaken was great but Two weeks in, three weeks later, no one's really talking about that. It seems that the year of Forsaken and Beyond, most people seem to, to clamor to saying Black Armory was really good, uh, and Armory was—I'm re- sorry, and Opulence was really good. It, it doesn't seem that people are saying, you know, one way or the other. It, it seems like people are gravitating toward one of those spots so nobody's like looking back and being like oh man the story in forsaken really kept me playing in months one two three four and beyond so i don't think for ten dollars we can expect them to really delve into tons of story like that spider cutscene, all those baron fights that was awesome according to a source that was in chat the one day high moon studios built the tangled shore and all the baron fights that's that's a lot of work being shouldered by a non-bungee, you know, team. So, you know, the 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 story I thought this time around was actually pretty good. The, the going and rescuing saint that dialogue his presence his character what he's saying what he said during their devil's ruin quest they've really brought him into the game as a character that's interesting and funny and you you want to hear him you want to hear scenes with him he's almost like our new cade 6 he's our he's the guy that we love hanging out in the hangar who who says funny things and like has funny banter with the other characters in the game so i don't know if you can say oh there's just there's no there's no story the story's not significant about oh the story's missing it just isn't it just isn't as as big as like a DLC like taken king or forsaken naked hobo what do you think of the dawning bounties which helped level up the past this season uh it seemed it was thrown in there due to the lack of some meaningful content I don't think so Ava Levante is a is a is a carbon copy match of all of the other NPCs now Day, uh, weeklies dailies repeatables and they were like you know what we're dropping so much in there that's gonna cost bright dust give them bright dust for her weeklies and repeatables because that's fine that's that's extra bright dust they wouldn't ordinarily get because there's extra things filtering through the store that they wouldn't ordinarily want to get and if all the dawning stuff looks like junk to you, you just got extra bright dust I, I this, this line of questioning always kind of rubs my fur the wrong way, I'm like you're, you're asserting an automatic and presumed negative. Like, Bungie got into a meeting and they're like, well, there's just lack of meaningful content, so let's just throw in bounties. Like, I don't think they're having meetings that are that frank. Like, oh, we just... We don't have any meaningful content. We better throw bounties at them. I think that they were trying to get... They were trying to get a daily, weekly ritual to be a little bit more... You know, changed up and a little bit more generous too. Like you feel like stuff's happening and you want to be in the game. It's a front-heavy season. Dawning's happening. Double XP. Bright dust. The, the, the you know the tower looks different. I don't I don't think <clears throat> I don't I don't think that 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 was the reasoning here. Uh, Zeta, I was wondering if they will keep the tower obelisk uh, after the season is over. It seems like maybe it will stay. I've been theorizing that it will stay because it has everything in it and then you could get rid of the sundial and you could get rid of the obelisks on the planet and the obelisk in the tower would serve as what Luke Smith said was eventually the stuff that goes away will come back and you can, you'll be able to obtain it in future seasons. They don't really need to do that. If the tower obelisk continues to hang out. Um, now I don't know what they're going to do with Vex offensive. That stuff's supposed to come back at some point in time they said it was going to maybe go to the gunsmith so you know the vex offensive weapons might show up in the gunsmith in the next couple of weeks as far as i know luke smith didn't make like a hard promise but he did make it sound like you know once they go away they'll come back later in another season and it doesn't it doesn't seem like they've done that yet and it also seems that the the obelisks and the sundial are going away because that's a seasonal content and the tower obelisk is built for convenience but also as a way of being like hey if you didn't get those guns, no worries. Those frames are sticking around. You'll just have to run, you'll just have to run your your bounties, your weekly bounties to keep your fractaline healthy to continue buying those frames. Wolfman, you talk about vendors being like the obelisks. How would you feel about removing those bounties and made XP based on the amount of cookies delivered like a rank-up system? i don't have a problem with this i don't know if we need to retool the the npcs i also don't know if if ava needs to look like an obelisk when i said the npcs need to look like obelisks i'm talking about you know shacks zavala and the drifter so every season they can replenish them with something new with respect to frames ornaments uh seasonal ranks Exotic ghost ship in a in a in a shell for every season. You know, take some of that out of the Eververse because they're they're making so much stuff for the Eververse. You could probably afford to slice some of that off. I don't think Ava needs to look like an obelisk. Like you're leveling her up and she's got leveling perks and all this. She can be a lot simpler as an NPC. I think. Uh, I would say that the the nature of how they've set up the obelisks would serve better as a seasonal container for Shaxx and Zavala. McGoy Surely the answer to more endgame content is more capital in Bungie's hands to play with. More raid hardcore content being a subscription paywall. This would not fly. I've gotten this suggestion a lot lately, and I think this is coming from people who would willingly pay. You're like, you know what? I would pay $10 extra a season if I got a raid or something. The problem with that... The problem with doing that is, number one, that's fragmenting of the player base. It's like when they, 343 and Respawn basically forged ahead of all other developers out there and said, you can't monetize maps when you add new maps to a PvP game mode and you charge money for them, you fragment the player base because there's the haves and the have-nots. There's plenty of people that are going to spend $0 on extra content and they're never going to match with the people that bought the maps. And so it doesn't work. And so they make all their maps free. In a similar vein, if you suddenly started adding extra hardcore content and you monetized it, there's a handful of negatives that I believe would come from that. Number one, people would say, oh, I spent $10 for the season pass, but that's not enough. Now you're just nickel and diming a spongy. What's next? Are you going to charge me a dollar for every strike? People would not appreciate that. Even the people that don't want to run raids would feel like they're being nickled and dimed. They'd be like, well, instead of you guys putting more in the season pass content, you build a raid so you could sell it. Uh, The other thing that would happen, it's a small minority of, of, of players that would buy it and I think most of them would be satisfied for a couple of weeks and then kind of move on also it would just bring this air of the haves and the have nots the people that oh you bought that raid and now you get all this extra loot and these better guns and we just bought the season pass I don't think you can start attaching a price tag to pieces of the game like that I I really don't think that would go over well presently it's very simple it's a very easy sell every season we're going to keep the game alive with new loot pursuits and new activities and a season pass with lots of cool stuff in it that you get as long as you're playing and all you need to do is spend ten dollars and you get access to literally everything it's a straightforward easy sell it's a it's a low entry it's just low entry you know 10 bucks you get in and you get a lot of stuff and it is a little front heavy but I would wager to say that if you started attaching price tags to things like that, I think it would probably cause more negative PR than good. You could see the blog post now, you know, Bungie opts to sell off their game piecemeal, you know, piece by piece, Bungie unprecedentedly selling a raid by itself. Like, I don't know if it would go over that well from a PR standpoint, from consumer response, from player response. I, I, I think a lot of negatives would come from this probably. And I'm, I'm the person that would spend the $10 extra to get the raid and probably enjoy it. But I can also say this probably isn't the right pivot for their, their structure of content delivery and monetization. The Irish, do you think crimson days are going to be different this year? More than likely, I don't think so. It seems like this season is the weak season. Uh, Undying was carried by uh, by Shadowkeep and so we could kind of overlook how thin Undying was cuz there was a lot to do in Shadowkeep and I think a lot of people did. They overlooked Undying. Near the end it was disappointing cuz the Undying Mind was was a, was a bit of a flop. But I think that when th- th- I think this season's probably going to be the weakest of the bunch. It had the least amount of time probably to cook as a standalone season. They're gonna have more time to build the next one and then the most time to build the summer. So I don't think this season's gonna be spectacular. I don't think it's gonna be like this. It was amazing. I think it got its job done. And I think Crimson Days will probably be very copy pasta more of the same with some cool new items. It looks like there's a sparrow that you can like connect to somebody another somebody else's sparrow, maybe, and then it makes the symbol across the top. So maybe they're going to do something fun with that—just goofy challenges around the public space, maybe at Mercury or something. I don't know. Connecting your Sparrow and driving around in a circle to collect items or something. I, like like a a very very low level, like harkening back to SRL joke, but nothing significant. Um. So we'll see. I, it's probably going to be more of the same for Crimson Days. Bumble Seventeen. Should cookies be used as a way to temporarily target farm weapons, so that each vendor gives a certain gun for the duration of the dawning? Gentlemen, shortbread would give us the old-fashioned. I don't dislike this idea. The only problem is, is that the bounty, the repeatables were random, so you'd be like deleting. I don't know if you want people standing in the tower doing what we were already doing, which is deleting anything that took me out of the tower. Now you're gonna have people deleting anything that's not a certain recipe of gun. And then just standing at Devrim and like pumping him full of, of cookies. That I don't think is a good implementation of some of those weapons. I think they would have gotten more capital out of those weapons if they would have, if they would have just made them frames in an NPC's inventory as opposed uh, to what, to what you're, what you're uh, putting forth. Heron plays. Donning double XP bounties have made the artifact grind more accessible to casual players this season. Do you think it should be something like this in future seasons? What would it be? Somebody suggested earlier, like, what if they did a monthly double XP thing where, like, strike bounties were giving double XP for a week and then the next time it was crucible. Um, honestly, you could probably just do both. Um, hey guys, you know, once a month we're gonna have double XP, uh, double XP for strike, you know, for 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 Zavala's bounties, and then double XP for Iron Banner bounties because that shows up once a month. I don't think I have a problem with that. I just I, anytime you're allowing people to blitz the season pass leveling, as well as the, as well as the artifact leveling. I would be slightly concerned that you're going to be filling more of the bank of people that feel like they're kind of quote unquote done. Uh, I still think the lion's share, of the community does not hit the max on the season pass and they don't have their obelisk max. They don't have high rank on their artifact yet. I think most people aren't that far. I think a lot of the community is probably about halfway through on the season pass. Bungie probably sets it in paces. it so the lion's share, of the community maxes their season pass as they go into the final month. So then they can kind of focus on whatever's left. It's like, well, my season pass is done. Now I can focus on God rolls or the activity or, you know, whatever. Uh, that's probably paced that way on purpose I don't think it's a coincidence that people that consider themselves a little bit more mid lane, a little bit more casual are about halfway through the season pass I think that's probably by design that that's where you end up and that might get thrown into upheaval if every month there's double XP now Crimson Days might have double XP because that just kind of works, right? Crimson Days, double your XP and play doubles, you know, there's a lot there they could do with that language that I think would, would work uh, Ar- 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 Iranian Instinct says in the current sandbox do you think D2 has a more sophisticated UI uh, and such than D1 but it lacks in raid content and it's fun aspect while D1 lacked in fun content all around but had amazing raids I don't necessarily think that Destiny 2 raids are deficient in any way compared to Destiny 1 I would say that raid loot hasn't been that impressive probably since king's fall i mean wrath had great loot but none of it was top shelf except for maybe the sniper rifle it was cool loot but none of it was top shelf you know the rocket launcher wasn't very good you didn't need genesis chain or the chaos dogma or the steel medulla they were cool and unique but they weren't top shelf best in class items so for a long time they just decided they didn't want to put the absolute best weapons behind the raid and they've stayed true to that philosophy all throughout D2. I mean, Leviathan had some, but then Last Wish was like, what, most of these guns I can basically get in the game? Uh, you know, people always run to like a, a couple. But in general, aspirational content has not had what I would consider to be aspirational loot attached to it. So you got a couple in the history of D2, but just a couple. You know, you Midnight Coups, and at the time, Sins of the Past was a really amazing rocket launcher. Then nothing else was... was that amazing in Leviathan, and you go to Last Wish, and there's like one or two, but then most of the weapons, I would say, you know, 80% of the weapon pool is just not worth it. So Bungie does seem a little gun shy, no pun intended, they seem a little gun shy from having another Fatebringer moment where you feel like the absolute best weapon is in Vogue. The, the way I trotted it out this morning, the way people I think are experiencing this game right now, and why they don't care about God Rolls, why they don't care about grinding sundial this is the analogy i painted if you had a child that you gave one birthday present every year and just one you give them a doll they would cherish it and it would be their treasure and it's all they had you know you you see these movies and it's heartwarming right you see this this girl or this little boy takes their doll or their teddy bear literally everywhere they go it's their treasure if suddenly that person was more well-to-do and for their child's birthday they gave them 10 gifts There could be a doll or a teddy bear in the mix that would suddenly not be as cherished. It would not be as treasured. And I think that's how Destiny 1 was experienced. There was an Imago loop. There was a grasp of Malak. And the rest of the weapon pool was kind of like, eh. And so that became your treasure. It was really hard to get to. You weren't getting showered with god rolls. It took a long, long time to get god rolls in Destiny 1 because of the time commitment, the layers of RNG on Skeleton Key, etc. Some people took forever to get a Fatebringer or a Vex Mythoclast, right? It was like that once-a-year teddy bear, that once-a-year doll. Now, we get activities where there are lots of God Rolls and the guns feel amazing. The guns from Sundial have a really good feel, a really great aesthetic, wonderful sound design. They're great. They're really satisfying. But now you're the kid with a teddy bear and a dollhouse and, you know, all these other toys, a remote control car. There's all these other things. So that God Roll gun that used to be your treasured, cherished thing is kind of like... Not really, it's sort of drowned out by the rest of the toys. The little kid on their birthday, the doll and the teddy bear would kind of fall by the wayside as they play with the remote control car or something else. And so, it's difficult to have that sense of, I put in tons of time and this item right here was my, this is the reward that I got people aren't having that feeling anymore and that's why I think the veterans and the more hardcore players find themselves using words like bored or not interested it just doesn't seem to matter I, I I said last night on the Rageous Roundtable if you like Destiny, they're giving you more Destiny there's a content loop to run that's varied and fun it's not super insane it's not super substantive or challenging it's varied and fun and it's got a cool loophole for you to chase an intentional loop pool. So if you like Destiny, they're giving you more Destiny. Right? And so, I think one of the challenges is that mid lane player is getting exactly what they want, but those hardcore players are like, I'm swimming in god rolls, my season pass is maxed out, my obelisks are maxed out, my artifacts maxed out, I'm so bored that I'm running things shorthanded or I'm handicapping myself or whatever. And then they're like, where's the rest of the content? And then, 70% 70% of the community 75 something a significant portion of the community is like this is great I just every night have more destiny every week every month I have more destiny to play it's their hobby and that's how it's being delivered I, I think people really misinterpreted when Bungie said back at Forsaken and annual pass and they wanted to avoid droughts and they said they wanted to deliver and feed their most dedicated players I think most dedicated players is very very subjective Because your most dedicated players can be somebody in redeem, like Chevy, who spends a weekend in the lost sector because he wants to hit 92 on the season pass. He's some of your most dedicated players, but so is the college student or the guy working double shifts or the busy mom who plays for two, two hours a night and they feel a sense of progress. They're a dedicated player, too. They're clocking in every night, they're clocking in every week, and they're playing Destiny. Both players are would be considered some of the most dedicated players, but when you're on the extreme end of the spectrum of a dedicated player... I would say you're going to continue to feel like the game is offering you less and there's a variety of things that lead to that. Franchise fatigue, There is it is more accessible. The game is more generous. Now, a lot of people are going to, are going to take this line of thinking and they're going to run to my comments and they're going to be like, Lono, this was Destiny 2 year one. It was casualified. It was a joke. I believe people concluding that are overstating the issue significantly. Static rolls, getting raid and trials gear in the, in, the, in the tower, and you didn't have to run the, the raid or trials. Like, there were so many things in Destiny 2 year one that were hyper, hyper casual. The amount of work it's taken for people to get all of their obelisk maxed and get god rolls and max out their season pass. The hours it took to do that are not... Casual. The hours it took for you to get great weapons in Destiny 2 Year 1, it was almost equal. Everybody was kind of getting the exact same delivery, and now, the more you put in, the more you get out, and people are just ahead of the rhythm of the season. That's not casualification. It's honestly the opposite. If you're a casual, okay, and you show up to Season of Dawn, and you look at the pace, and those weekly bounties, and the four obelisks, and your season pass... I would wager to say that a lot of them are going to look at that and be like, "Wow, this this is a lot. This is a lot to do. This is going to take me a while." They're not going to conclude, "Wow, this is great. This is so casual. This is so easy." I don't think that that's that's a fair conclusion to make. You can't discount the hours put in in month one and then conclude that the game is casual. So, as this question says, you know, D1 lacked content, but it had amazing raids. I think this is a rewriting of history. The D1 raids were amazing, but they turned into the exact same thing that we're doing now. You're running a raid. It's easy. You don't even have to think about it. And you're running it for a very, very specific item. Maybe you want a Dragonfly Gospel. Maybe I'm still trying to get the Anarchy from Scourge. There's all these, like low drop rate, very rare, very narrow items that people are trying to get, and that's kind of the only reason they're running the raids, and they're running them as if they're nothing. We did the same thing in Wrath, King's Fall, Crota, and Vogue. They became very easy, and you were running it for like one narrow drop item that really mattered to you. It's not that different now. I'm not going to deny that raid loot could be and should be significantly better, and I do think Bungie kind of doubled down by removing a hard version of the raid, And that's why I'm going to do a separate video about how Contest Modifier needs to be showing up in more places to try to, in some degree, not in a disproportionate way, but to some degree, feed that top 10% of the player base that wants more challenging content. I think Contest Modifier might be the ticket. DKD Ninja. What do you think this season's mods are about? From what I can gather, it is promoting shotgun spamming and sword kill orb farming. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, this season's mods? Are you talking about the seasonal mods, the charge with light mods? Uh, I've not even actually looked at them uh, to any significant degree with respect to like what they uh, what they offer. So. Uh, you can become charged with light by picking up orbs you can become charged with light by breaking enemy shield with the matching energy type, you can become charged with light by finishing a combatant that's a finisher, become charged with light by getting multiple rapid precision final blows with a linear fusion or a sniper rifle so none of this sounds like what you just said I'm not seeing anything here about that and then while charged with light, you gain bonus to weapon damage, and it consumes it as you do damage. While charged with light, you gain significant damage resistance against combatants when your shields are destroyed, so that makes you live a little bit longer when you're low. And then while charged with light, defeating combatants with void damage grants a chance to drop special ammo. I'm really not sure what it is you're talking about. Um, this this doesn't seem... And le- if you're talking about the mods on the artifact, uh, those season mods... Um, Somebody says, "Look at Ark." Oh, that's him. Look at Ark. Okay, hang on a second. So you're saying there are different ones for Ark? I don't know if I have. Uh, dude, I don't know if I have the armor for this. Uh, let me look and see. I might not have a piece. I might have to go. You know what? I can go to the. Can I go to the? I can probably go um to the uh, collections. Couldn't I? I don't think I can do it here. Um. Okay. So let's go to collections. I would need. Uh. I would need a a new piece this season to examine that's Ark. Oh, these are all Ark in collections. Okay. So, here we go. While charged with light, gain bonus weapon damage. While charged with light, defeating enemies with melee damage and swords, you spawn an orb of light. And then, while charged with light, regain half of your melee energy when you are uh, use a charge melee. Okay, so that's melee focus. That's... I mean, is this... This seems like it might be sensible because... Whenever you, whenever you run an arc, an arc pair of armor, you have sword scavenger and shotgun scavenger. So this is more of the rough and tumble, um, affinity, uh, you know, more of a rough and tumble affinity. So if I go to collections mods, as people are kind of telling me, I would, I, where, where do they put those? Do they put those in general? Okay. They do put those in general. Where are the, are these the solar ones? Uh... While charged with light, defeating combatants with void damage. Okay, so we didn't look at the solar ones. Uh, allows an additional pack for charge with light. While charged with light, you regain a portion of your grenade energy when you use your grenade. And then while charged with light, grenade final blows heal you and consume one stack of charge with light. So it looks to me like maybe you kind of cherry picked a little bit. Like, yeah, the arc ones are like that, but the rest of them are very different. Some of the, that was more support heal based, and then the other one was like void based, like just doing damage with void stuff. So I. I would say they're 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 just kind of all over the place. And again, the arc ones seem to be in step with the arc ones that you get. You can get you can run that arc and then also increase your sword scavenging. Increase your shotgun scavenging. I think those things would be uh those things would be in sync with each other. If you're running a sword shotgun build, it would make sense for your charge with light potential perks on Arc Affinity to also then do those things. So, I don't think that they're worth it is part of the problem. I don't think they're significant enough and as it was pointed out earlier, I think it was Eugene that said they cost too much energy. So... You looked at every mod apart from the one he was talking about? No, I looked at the arc ones. The arc ones that he talked about, the ones that were sword based and melee based. I literally looked at that. He said it's promoting shotgun spamming and sword kill orb farming. Right? Like again, if you're running the arc ones, shotgun and swords, it just make it just makes sense. You miss the shotgun one, it doesn't matter. Like listen to what I'm saying, right? The shotgun ones or is there a seasonal mod that doesn't line up? Is it shotgun and not in the right affinity? So let's go back into general. Is it in the wrong affinity? Did they jack that up? I don't think they did, did they? Heavy-handed striking quick... Tra- no, it's right here. It's ARC. Rapidly defeat multiple enemies with fusion rifles or shotguns. So we left that part out. Again, that's an ARC affinity armor. ARC affinity armor has sword and shotgun slots. I don't think you guys understand. Like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Quick charge is the shotgun one. You never read it. You guys are unbelievable. The the point that was made was that it seems like they want us to do shotgun spamming and sword kill orb farming. And the point that I made that is still exactly on the money is that if you're going to run a charge with light thing that is assigned a benefit to shotgun or swords, it makes sense for it to be on Arc Affinity, because Arc Affinity can do ammo finder and reserves for shotguns and swords. Like, it's it's sensible. If you want to run a shotgun-sword rough-and-tumble build, you're going to want to run Arc. And they complemented a shotgun-sword build with with charge-with-light mods. And... The other ones made just as much sense. Like they were in line with what you would do on a sword-based uh, class. You'd, you know, especially for like a warlock healing. You know, if you're running a sword-based warlock, I'm sorry, a solar-based warlock, the healing ones make kind of sense. You know, you're running, you're running well of radiance. But none of that change. Me reading the mod doesn't have any effect on my answer. It was the same idea. It's like, oh, arc is for that. Makes sense. Um, he's trying to address an obviously biased, misguided question. Not give a full guide on charge with light. Yeah, I just. Uh, Flor, Florida T says Do you think Destiny will ever get a trade system? No, and I certainly hope not. Trading is, the, is terrible for games like this. SS Cartman. Do you think a daily logging reward would be a good idea? Maybe a special emote for 500 days? I, I always worry about this because you basically flood the tower with people that just go in and leave. Go in and leave. Go in and leave. That also juices the numbers. And Bungie people give them a lot of crap about the numbers and how it's misleading and blah blah, blah 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 and it's like they could easily do something like that log into the tower daily for 50 bright dust and it would totally juice the numbers tons of people tons more people would log in um you know you <laughs> that would that, they could easily do that and totally juice their numbers and they don't um, hopefully we didn't just give them an idea that I don't think would be, I don't think it would be a good, that would be a good move. I saw a lot of people talking about the money Eververse is making and no content. Without thinking about the lag time between them, do you think there's been too much delay and if not, uh, what time range would you like to see and expect return to investment, so to speak? Well, any business has, to, the, the term don't count your chickens before they're hatched is really relevant here this was bungie's sort of first venturing out on their own independently published leaning a little bit more on putting putting specific items in the eververse okay i think people are getting the eververse backwards and i think eugene pointed this out really really well people like dolly doing is focused on the eververse really those are the season nine ghosts those are the season one ghosts what do you mean they're focusing on the eververse too much All the past seasons had way more items, decorative items in the Eververse. Now, sure, you had an easier time getting them because of things like the Prismatic Matrix and stuff, but they're actually making quantitatively and measurably less for the Eververse than they did in the all early seasons. The only season recently that was weaker, it looks like it was season 7 maybe, on Ghost it was a little bit weaker. The rest are about the same. Like, so, this was their first experiment being like, okay, we're not going to put nearly as much quantitatively in the Eververse as we used to, we're going to focus on exotic exotic level stuff it can be purchased with Bright Dust, but primarily, not all of it can be earned a lot of it's going to be sold, okay and we'll see what kind of money we make we'll see how well we do with a la carte season passes, you know and so, they start making money, and then some report comes out that's like, oh, they made X number of dollars I don't think people understand. Like, they can't just take all the money they made from every and guys, look at the bank account, guys. Look how well we did. All right. Uh, can we wake up all the robots that can do all the development, please? Okay. Yeah. Power those robots. We can now afford those robots and make more content. Like, it doesn't work that way. They still have a certain uh, reasonable amount of bandwidth that they can do, and they assign teams. So, there's a team right now working on the summer season. And that's all they're working on. They're working on loot for it, quests, and activity. They're working on the summer season. They're not touching the spring season. They're not touching updates for this present season. That's what they're presently doing. So all that bandwidth is assigned and set to be like, this is what we can deliver every three months. We've got time to build it. We've got time to test it. We've got time to debug it and then ship it. And it's clear. It's clear they're strained because of... This season especially we have had more bugs I think that I've ever seen in the history of the franchise in 5 years. I've never seen them deliver content and have so many things not work, break down, quests are breaking down, builds are breaking things, abilities are breaking things. Like this has probably been the buggiest the game has ever been and I think that's indicative of the fact that they're They're, they're. It's probably razor thin. Like what they're delivering to us is probably not going through as much testing as they traditionally did. So if they did more testing, that means they would probably deliver less because they'd be like, nope, we got to push back quality testing and we need three weeks to do quality testing and debugging instead of two weeks. So they would shorten the development window to a shorter window, which means you would get less. So. When we, when we think about, oh, they made all this money in the Eververse, they're going to sink that into future projects. Maybe they do expand. Maybe they start hiring right now to expand raid teams, strike teams, weapon building teams, sandbox teams. They start bot, fi- hiring those people. They start expanding their bandwidth. Maybe they subcontract. You know, maybe they find some company that a lot of people left Bungie and started their own company, so they could be like, hey, you guys are familiar with our assets. We could help give you a, a nice juicy project to springboard your business you always want to build some stuff for Destiny they could subcontract you know, like they did, I mean essentially that's what High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions was, now I don't think VV or High Moon Studios are going to work with Bungie I don't think Activision would allow that they basically own those two companies they probably aren't going to want to play nice with Bungie right now after, like, publicly being like, removed from from Destiny, and then it wasn't good for their PR either, because it followed that by like, all sorts of other things that was happening so it's just like but it doesn't, anytime a company makes money, it would almost be like, hey, your burger joint did really well your burger joint did really well this quarter, you made a bunch of money, why don't you open up a new burger joint why don't you double your staff number so people don't have to wait as long in line, it's like, oh, we could really hurt margins if we overshoot here, what if next quarter is lower, what if, you know what I'm saying, like what if what if the next pass doesn't sell as well, what if all of a sudden there's a meat shortage in the city and we can't make as many burgers, you know I mean? so all these different factors that could lead to them not wanting to take every set they make and just be like, hey, let's double the size of DLC, let's double the size of season passes let's double all of our production team sizes it's also not that simple you can't just hire people and be like hey, welcome to Bungie, go start building stuff, you gotta train them you gotta have acquisition into a team you got team leads, project managers you got you got people that know how to build, people that are learning how to build, people that are expanding their, their skill sets, learning how to use new tools you can't be like, yeah, welcome to Bungie Bowen to Bungie just go start building guns and strikes they would be like, I've never worked here before in my life I don't even know how to do any of that, they gotta be trained you know, it's so, them making lots of money is a sign of health and that's good, that probably means we will get, you know more content in the future, or maybe there could be uh you know, there could be more teams, more free events, things like that, or the free events could get a little bit beefier. They could maybe expand the live team a little bit, you know, things like that. Uh, there's a lot of things that can happen. Upgrade their technology, train people on new engines, stuff like that. So subclass updates: three subclass paths have been reworked. Explore new code of the Devastator Titan, the of Sky Warlock path, and the Way of the Sharpshooter. Wait, didn't they do that? Didn't they already do all this? I thought they did this earlier in the season. Isn't that old? Is that all old news? Um, I don't know. I thought that I thought that they already did that. Uh, I don't really know. Is it super? New solar flourishes? No. Yeah, this is like solar week. They've got solar stuff here. Uh, they've got a, a shield breaker transmat effect that's like solar kind of looking. Um, so this does feel a little solar week. I mean, up in smoke transmat effect. It is very solar esque. This week, and good news—the tractor cannon uh, can be purchased. The tractor cannon um, ornament can be purchased. So, um, G horn height Yeah, probably not. Uh, probably not. They've got a grayscale undergrowth thing. Let's go down here and see what else they're selling. Um, they're selling one. They're selling one of the vice arm pieces. They're selling the Ash Angel Sparrow. That, that was that red one. That's pretty cool. The Trust Ornament. And then the Tractor Cannon Ornament. That's an easy buy for me uh, with Bright Dust. That's an easy buy. Uh, I love that thing. Uh, oh, and we got a new one down here. Box of Tricks Transman. I don't think I've seen that before. And Welded Brass. Uh, I don't know if I have that one yet or not. So, uh, that's that reset. So, if you're listening to the q and I'm just going to kind of go through and read all the reset stuff brawler it's solar week so you guys can now try the devil's ruin and stuff because it's going to be solar uh void bra- uh, solar brawler there uh let's see what they did here solar brawler that's going to be fun as a hunter way of a thousand cuts always feels really saucy in uh, a solar brawler environment uh extinguish uh clepsydra solar damage increased knockback damage and distance increase I don't know why they keep doing that one here's those match game equipment locked and then when defeated scion spawn void fire pools at their feet well at least they're not solar holy frick Um, so uh, so that's your uh, that's your modifiers there I think isn't this the week you can go for spare rations in reckoning so reckoning kind of weird avoid heavyweight I'm not sure what's going on there I don't I don't know. Oh, and it's noon. I'm hearing a tornado siren outside. That's why I kept getting quiet. I was like, "What the frick is that sound?" Like, I was hearing like a, a weird tornado. It's it's it, it's noon on like the first, on like the second, second Tuesday of the month or whatever. They always do like a tornado siren test. Uh, let's check the ordeal nightfall for people. The ordeal nightfall is the pyramidian. Pyramidian, and then the Nightfalls you can select Garden World Tree of Probabilities and the Corrupted uh, so if you isn't Corrupted the one for the Pulse Rifle uh, you can go for um, there's that we should probably take a trip to the Tower and just see if all the bounties are Solar-esque uh, are you born and raised in Kentucky? No I've lived here since like 2002 though I was born and raised in Canton, Ohio Yeah, the horror's least pulse rifle um, you can grind for this week if you'd like. So that that splash page about all the solar updates. Those solar updates have been in the game for a while, so there shouldn't be any patch notes. Those are all the they targeted those when Season of Dawn started. Remember, they said Season of Dawn. It's hot. It's spicy. You know, you had all these people, you know, doing meme stuff uh, about it. I, I, on there, so okay, so your weeklies are Cabal combatants, finisher, defeat bosses and strikes. So now they're making us go into strikes, patrols, lost sectors, fallen and finishers, uh, three adventures, patrols, uh, heroic adventures, enemies. So the Obelisk bounties weeklies this week are a little bit better. They're a little bit better, I would say. They're 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 more activity space than just like going and killing Cabal with a bunch of headshots with the bow so this is probably a pretty good week to get a lot of those done quickly I like when you can kind of do that Uh, bounties at the gunsmith pulse, sniper, rocket, kinetic so he doesn't seem to have a solar bent at all Uh, crucible, vex bounty what do you mean a vex bounty? I didn't see one Uh, okay, opponents void, super, wins. Yeah, this is kind of weird. It seems like they tried to do a solar week, but they kind of didn't. I'm not really sure what's going on. Vanguard, we got Hive and Strikes. We got solar there, but that one's kind of always present. Yeah, I don't know. Nightfall Odeal is the Pyramidian. Yeah, Tess is is still blinking annoyingly. Uh, She's got some great items this week. We already snagged the uh, Abyssal... Scream. Oh, they also have this ship, finally. The Saint one. Um, so... Oh, and then Tip of the Spear. I've I'm, I'm not, I'm not actually checked that one. Tip of the Spear. Wow, that's... That is something. <laughs> that is kind of weird looking. <laughs> uh, alright. If you guys have any more questions about the weekly stuff, I've probably already shown it, so... Uh, next question from Vendetta off topic I don't know if you've addressed this but last week I noticed a new blank slot in the exotic collections on the energy weapon section fashion is kinetic and the slot is there so maybe a new exotic quest like whisper or outbreak so uh, let me go to exotic let me go to energy uh, I'm not seeing what you're talking about homie I'm in energy I don't have my taraba did you not grab devil's ruin yet I don't see a slot yeah I don't see a slot um in collections that's where i just was i don't i don't there, there i'm not seeing it was there today i don't see it homie i don't know there was one in kinetic kinetic his question says that the new he says bastion is kinetic and the slot is there he said there was a blank slot in the exotic collections on the energy weapons selection guys read the question Don't be be sitting here scolding me. They've got a slot for Bastion. His question says there was one for energy weapons. That's exactly where I went. So, I don't know. Go to the badge? Is that where you saw it? Um, oh, you think that's a spot there? That's probably for the Bastion. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe screen crap it and tweet it. Um, okay, uh next question R- Rorschach gaming by the way if you're listening to the audio or video version somewhere else and I abruptly end this episode and there's like a weird sound it's probably because my mic's been acting up and we're not really sure why we're not sure if we fixed it but we'll see uh, Rorschach Gaming hey Lono I just watched your video on anti-cheat I know this may be off topic but what do you think about the Overwatch system or like CSGO I'm not familiar with those systems you need something that's running like they use for Fortnite or Apex that just prevents people from running cheat software it scans they update it periodically to stop new aim bots and updates to the aim bots, uh, I would I would say that that's where I would start is some type of anti-cheat like that uh, Soli, Soli SideQuest says, have you soloed any of the raids or dungeons? If yes how did you like it? I've always learned uh, leans toward trying the, the heart uh, to solo Shattered Throne, but no raid banners makes it unattractive. No, I don't really like to solo solo flawless stuff, that's not my thing uh, Arxer HD, what's your favorite thing about dawning right now? Well, it's over, but I said in the talk, the XP and the bright dust. Sazerana, uh, uh, shouldn't the dawning have felt more generous than last year's dawning, considering the split with Activision? Um, I don't know what you mean by that. I don't know why it would be more generous just because they split with Activision. Um, They only had one item that they sold for silver only. They gave us an extra source for Bright Dust. That felt pretty generous to me. I ended up with a ton more Bright Dust because of the dawning, and then there were dawning items I wasn't interested in, so I saved up and bought the things I wanted, like the tractor cannon ornament I just bought today with Bright Dust. Thank you, dawning. Uh, I Notions. Every season, there's a good ritualistic loot pursuit, and you tend to claim that if Bungie integrated a new loot system... Uh, for the season, other vendors, it would solve an aid in Destiny's Ritualistic. Being Ritualistic, Bungie won't incorporate seasonal grinds into other stuff like PvP. Oh, wait, I've said that? What are you talking about? What do you think will be a realistic addition to PvP incentive for it to feel like a lot of people um, who don't want to always do frames? Well, if you don't want to do frames, that's fine. That's why my, my suggestion is more fully orb than that. I can't show it to you in the tower, but when you go to an obelisk, an obelisk has, um... And Obelisk has levels for that season, benefits from hitting those levels, as well as frames. And then you could also, as I said, add ornaments for those frames. So if right now Shaxx had the Old Fashioned and the Uriel's Gift as frames, and you could grind for those all season, once you hit a certain level with him, you could also unlock really cool ornaments for them. That again, to me, is just like a fully orb system. If, If you're going to approach an NPC for Crucible and say, I think frames are lame, I'm sick of running bounties, um, you know, I don't care buying this stuff. I don't know what else you would want them to do. I mean, traditionally that's kind of how Bungie has kept people playing. You give them bounties, you give them micro objectives that add to a macro objective, you know, little things that add up over a long time, and people tend to enjoy that. Season pass, the um the season pass, the artifact leveling in general like has always kind of been that way. So, I, if you're if you don't want to do those things, I don't I don't have much for you. I can't start creating new concepts for Destiny that you're not even speaking into existence. Like nobody's making requests. That's one of the things that Clint just kind of got on last night, and I've kind of gotten on too. Is what is this idyllic version of Destiny that you're comparing the present seasons to now? Where where are you going to go? People try to reference D1. That is such a terrible argument. D1 had so many droughts, had such a lack of update, had such a lack of content and depth. We we would grind the same content for months at a time for one gun and you know so what's this idyllic version in your mind and right now it's like i don't want to run bounties i don't want to do gun frames i'm sick of gun frames it's like okay but like that's basically what destiny has been is a content loop with bounties and loot pursuit that's what Destiny's has always been so your content loop can be strikes it can be crucible it could be public space you know events it could be archon's forge it could be you know court of oryx it could be the blind well it could be any of those things and now we've got sundial that there was menagerie there was the forges and black armory right that's your content loop then you have your your loot pursuit and the loot pursuit comes in a variety of ways a lot of frames now that's fine and then you also have like bounties you have like micro objectives i i don't really know what time in destiny people are thinking and wanting to reference where it was way better or they weren't doing tons of bounties you guys remember Rise of Iron? You remember the Shiro bounties? You remember the the gunsmith bounties? But Come on. The game's always been bounty heavy. The, the game's always been carried by bounties to, to give you a, a micro sense of progression on the day to day because the week to week might take a little bit longer to roll over your reputation or something. This is how it's always been. So I don't really know. I really don't know what people are comparing a lot of this game to. I, like I said, attribute some of this to just franchise fatigue. I think people are just kind of like, eh, they're like, I, I'm I'm just kind of bored. And what they don't see is the game has progressed significantly as far as if you're a hobbyist player, there's always something new to do. There's always something to occupy your time with. You can play a couple hours a night and really enjoy your hobby. If you're playing eight hours a day, you're you're gonna burn through everything in a month and then be like, oh, the content stinks. But there's never been a time in Destiny to sustain that level of playstyle. The only time in Destiny that sustained that level of playstyle, 8 hours a day, and you know months at a time, was when they offered you nothing, but a really, really low drop rate or low chance at something. Like, that's why it took so long. But you weren't playing a constant flow of substantive, hard, challenging, awesome content month to month. You were grinding strikes and skeleton keys in a freaking raid with a low drop rate. Like, me not getting the Anarchy right now, are you really going to try and make the argument that Lono not having the Anarchy, that's really great substantive content? Because I tell you what, that's the D1 grind right there. I'm still running a raid months after it came out, and I don't have the token exotic. That's D1. Nobody seems to like that. The 1k voice drop rate, the Anarchy drop rate seem to be a complaint, and if it's being complained about... People running raids aren't the majority. So the minority was complaining about a low drop rate on exotics that they raised the drop rate. (laughs) That's D one, you know, spending every week coming back at reset and hoping to get a vex, hoping to get this, hoping to get that. While the content was thin, there was nothing happening back then. People just put on their rose colored glasses and it's just like, they, they look back and imagine this other time that truthfully doesn't exist. The golden age is, is in, in some respects here and now, for a, to a certain degree. PvP? No. PvP's in bad shape, but I don't know. I remember those Imago weeks when Specialist was the strike modifier, and I would spend all week in the strike playlist with the fire team, waiting for the correct strike coming up, uh, and then praying that we didn't mess up the farm. That was D1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Magoy Met a dude on LFG who said, you only gotta do Garden once for Divinity. No reason to rerun it ever again. What could Bungie do to get more players interested in the best PvE content in the game? I believe they can add value points to raids. I don't know if it'll satisfy a lot of the people that have been complaining about a lack of substance, you know, the hardcore one percenters, but I do think rerunning raids for non-powerful drops so you can get god rolls would be good. I think putting more unique weapons in raids would be good. Think Genesis Chain. Genesis Chain was not better than every primary in Destiny 1, but we fondly remember Genesis Chain from Wrath of the Machine because it was unique and cool, and it did its job. Primary weapons can do their job very easily. They have to be, they have to be decent. They have to be above average. Um, but they don't have to be amazing. Have you picked up the new mission on Mercury? Uh, I'm sorry? What? What are you talking about? What new mission on Mercury? Wait, why is he flashing? Is Osiris' symbol flashing? What's going on? There is something happening right now? Yeah, his little symbol was just flashing on the map. He doesn't know. Pepe laughed. You're in the mission right now, Rhino? Alright, well, let's go check it out. While we're loading in, I'll try and blitz a couple questions, but we'll probably have to end QA Q&A to check this out. Uh, no, serious To follow up Fleur's question, what's your stance on trading in Destiny? What pros and cons do you think would bring into this game if it were considered? Trading is terrible in loot-based games. I don't think we want trading. I really don't. I think trading is bad. I don't want trading to come to a loot pursuit game with an already, like pretty accessible, pretty thin loot pool every season, I don't think trading would help uh, V Drown Joke should they add weekly objectives that focus on Strikes, Gambit, Crucible to appeal to people who are tired of bounties, I said that if they were to update the NPCs, yes, they should 100% be adding daily, weekly, and even maybe monthly objectives to make it seem a little bit different, um to make it seem a little bit different than, uh you know the, the way that it feels right now, which is very, very bounty heavy, as you said. So, um, we're going to go up here and see what he has. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you forgot to do one of the missions and you just now went in. I don't know. Fluffy Rhino plays a lot though. It was definitely flashing on the map. It was a hundred percent flashing on the map. Um, wait, explore. Explore the corridors of time. You saved Saint-14, but you left the corridors of time largely unexplored. See what you can find. This is 100% new. I'm going to end Q&A. I'm going to end Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at sayno2rage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.